0: In this episode of the Microgreens Podcast, we're going to talk about the seven microgreens that you should not grow as a beginner. Welcome to the Microgreens Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Marsh, and I'm on a mission to help you, teach you, and motivate you to grow flavorful and nutritious microgreens in your home. Each Microgreens Podcast is meant to supplement content published on homemicrogreens.com, but in reality, the show is more about sharing with you the joys of growing your own food. Not only is it more nutritious, but seeing those plants grow will lift your spirits, bring a smile to your face, and give you a positive outlook on life. Let's get started. Welcome to episode number thirty-three of the Microgreens Podcast. Today's podcast is sort of the opposite of the last podcast, where I talked about the seventeen easiest microgreens to grow. But if you remember in that podcast, I did mention that just because a microgreen was easy to grow doesn't necessarily mean that a beginner should grow that microgreen. To flip that around, today I want to discuss seven of the microgreens that I would not recommend for a beginner to grow. I sell a lot of microgreen kits through the home microgreen store, and I cringe every time someone buys one of these seeds, and I know that this person has not grown microgreens before. I removed most of these varieties from the beginner's kits once before, but people kept requesting them so I put them back in. Now I just make sure that I put a note on the instruction sheet that these are a little bit more difficult and they really need to follow these directions and I give them a link to one of the articles I have about that variety. But my philosophy for beginning microgreen growers is you need a quick win. If you get a quick win then you are probably going to be hooked. And you can get those quick wins by listening to last week's episode, the, 17th, the 17 easiest microgreens to grow, and that was episode number 32. But today I really want to touch on these microgreens that are a little bit more difficult to grow because no one talks about them. I did a Google search and if you put in microgreens not to grow as a beginner, actually I put in about five or six different sentences and nothing really came up about you know, being careful with these microgreen varieties. So I want to make sure I at least put it out there in a podcast. I am in no way saying you shouldn't grow these microgreens. I'm just saying as a beginner, one of your first few microgreens to grow, you probably should not grow any of these seven. Just wait till you get more experience, grow more of those 17 easier microgreens. And then when you feel a little bit more confident, then you can give one of these seven a try. I want to emphasize that the varieties I'm talking about are for beginner Beginning microgreen growers. Not for farmers, not for people that are growing a lot of microgreens, but for the people that are just starting out. If you are a farmer, I suggest you go to microgreen.directory. If you're looking for more customers, this is where you're going to list your farm in the microgreen directory. This is a worldwide directory. It's a farm database connecting microgreen seekers to local microgreen farmers. You can add your farm listing for free, or there's paid versions that has a little bit more promotions for you. Again, that's directory. Well, let's get back to our home growers here. Of the seven microgreens that I suggest beginners don't grow, I'm going to include two of them right off the bat. The seeds are very similar and they have the same problems. These are beets and Swiss chard. Although they germinate a little bit slower, germination usually isn't a problem with beets or Swiss chard. It's growing the microgreens on from there. They're very susceptible to overwatering and dampening off disease if you keep the soil too moist. Most beginning microgreen growers just give their plants way too much love and end up overwatering them. And if you do that with beets or Swiss chard, you're going to run into problems. Another issue with these two microgreen varieties is the seed husk. It has a tendency to stay on the plant. And if you've ever bitten into a beet or Swiss chard seed husk, you know that they're very hard and not very forgiving on the teeth. I recommend when you grow beets and Swiss chard that you use the buried method. You can go back two or three three podcasts, I believe, from here, and I talk about my different germination methods. The buried method is sort of where you lay the seeds down and you put more soil over them. The extra friction from the soil as they're trying to lift the weight off them actually pulls the seed husk off the plant, and you end up with not completely husk-free Beets or Swiss chard, but at least 95 to 98, I think, were my results um, of the Seed husk were removed from beets when you use the buried method. Tied at one and two are beets and Swiss chard. They are definitely not for beginners, in my opinion. Number three on my list is cilantro. What can go wrong with cilantro? Pretty much everything. You can have poor germination. You can have a lot of mold beforehand. You can have dampening off disease. You can have very slow growth. It is a more difficult microgreen to grow and beginners should not start with it. It's just way too difficult and you're going to end up getting frustrated and then you won't want to grow microgreens. And again, we don't want that. We want you to grow your own greens in your home. That's what this whole podcast, my whole website is all about, is getting people to grow their own fresh food in their home. Some people have great success with cilantro. I'm one of the people that I can grow three, four, five, six, even I think I've grown up to 10 straight trays with no problems. And then I run into a problem. Same seed, same setup, same everything. Now, of course, temperatures and things like that could vary, but they're very touchy. And even if you do run into problems while growing cilantro microgreens, there's lots of things you can do to cure the issues. I'll put a link in the show notes that will direct you to articles on how to grow microgreens. And the show notes for this episode will be at homemicrogreens.com forward slash 33 for episode number 33. Again, that's homemicrogreens.com forward slash 33 for the show notes for this episode. If you've grown cilantro without any problems, that is good. But I'm telling you, people have a lot of problems going cilantro and it should be avoided by beginners. It's a great microgreen. It's very flavorful. I love growing them, but again, it's not a microgreen for beginners. Fourth on my list is amrith. If you haven't grown red garnet amaranth before, you should. It's one of the most spectacularly red-colored microgreens that I've ever grown, but it does have its problems. Again, it's very simple to germinate. However, the seeds are very, very small and, are, and a little bit more difficult to handle as you're planting them. But the biggest problem with Amaranth microgreens is the dampening off disease. They just do not like any extra moisture or water and often succumb to dampening off disease. Again, Amaranth is a beautiful microgreen, has a great flavor. I love growing it, but it's just not a microgreen that I would recommend for beginners to grow. The fifth variety I don't recommend for beginners to grow is Borage. It's another one of those seeds that are um, like sunflowers or peas or even beets. Or Swiss chard, it's a little bit soft. It has lots of grooves in it and has lots of space for fungal spores to hide. So when you start growing them, mold develops around the seed. It doesn't go up onto the plant, just up on the seed during the blackout. And then when you put the uh, tray underneath lights, the UV light from the sunlight or from the lights kills the mold and it's not an issue. However, when beginners see that white mold growing around the seed, they start freaking out. And the last thing we want beginning microgreen growers to do is to freak out. We want a perfect grow for them on the first attempt. So, again, I think borage is one of the varieties that is very interesting. It has that cucumber, melon-type flavor. It has big leaves. Um, You can put in all kinds of things from drinks to fruit salads to your savory foods. But it's just a microgreen that beginners shouldn't grow until they have a little bit more experience growing microgreens. The last two microgreens I want to talk about that beginners shouldn't grow are buckwheat and nasturtiums. I haven't really had any problems growing either of these two microgreens. Buckwheat, maybe getting rid of the seed hull is a little bit of a problem, and you definitely do not want to bite into a buckwheat seed. They are even harder than beets and Swiss chard. But the problem is they are just ugly microgreens when they're young. It's just they're just not exciting to look at. You just look at them and going like what? are these things. I think I've got a great picture of uh, nasturtiums when they come out of the blackout and the nasturtium post up with again, a link down into the show notes and that's homemakergreens.com forward slash three three. They're just they just don't look like much and as a beginner again we want that excitement. We want an easy win. We want them to be amazed by the process and yes nasturtiums are great when they actually grow up and they the, the leaf out and they're big and they're tall and they've got that maroon color to the leaves. But when you take them out of the blackout, you're looking at these things and going like, what are these things? They just don't even look like microgreens. So for those reasons, I'm just going to exclude them from the beginners list. And if I want to throw in a couple bonus microgreens that I don't think beginners should grow, and I'm probably going to get a lot of email on this, is sunflowers and peas. I just don't think they're beginners microgreens. Again, I know I've said this like three or four times already in the podcast, but we want an easy win for them. And a lot of times with sunflowers, you get a little bit of mold growing in the seed husks because they're germinating. And we just don't want beginners to freak out when they see that mold. Now that mold, when you put it underneath lights, just goes away. It dies. It just It's just gone. It's just the fact that there's a whole lot of moisture in the blackout period and the mold starts to grow. The spores start to grow because it's hard to get mold off the sunflower seeds 100%. And people that just are not used to the whole process, they just freak out a little bit. Again, we don't want beginning microgreen growers to freak out at all. And as far as peas, if not all the seeds germinate, if you have a little bit of poor germination with peas, the non-germinating seeds might start to decay and mold a little bit in a tray. And it's just nothing that a beginning microgreen grower needs to see or deal with on their first tray of microgreens. I'm sorry if you think this podcast is a little bit negative. It's not meant to be. As a matter of fact, it's meant to be helpful. I I really want people to succeed growing microgreens. If you are a beginner, these are seven seeds that I just don't recommend you growing right off the bat. If you've grown microgreens before and you're giving a kid away or giving them away as a gift, these seven microgreen varieties are probably not ones that you should have a beginner try. Give them a packet of karabi or broccoli, and you're setting up that person for success. And a successful microgreen grower is definitely going to grow microgreens again, and that's what we want. So let me summarize this. So if you're a beginning microgreen grower, or if you're a person going to give some seeds to a person that has never grown microgreens before, I truly recommend not giving them any of the beets, whether they're Detroit Reds or Bull's Blood beets, just don't do that any of the swiss chards, cilantro, borage, amaranth, buckwheat and nasturtiums. Those varieties are just not for beginners, but they are completely worthwhile microgreens to grow in the future. I mean, who doesn't love a tray of bull's blood beets or any of the swiss or any of the swiss chards, they're just beautiful microgreens. If you're dead set on growing them, Those are the varieties to shoot for after you've grown several other microgreen varieties and and had the processes down. Once you've learned the blackout methods, once you've learned how to grow microgreens and water them and harvest them, then it's time to try different microgreen varieties and expand your knowledge at that point. If you want to know the easiest microgreen varieties to grow, then go back to the previous podcast, homemicrogreens.com forward slash three two, and I list the 17th 17 easiest microgreens to grow and once you've mastered four or five of those then you can try these much harder microgreen varieties i hope you found this podcast helpful if you have any questions at all just reach out to me at todd at homemicagreens.com and i'll answer any questions that you may have have a great rest of your week and i'll talk to you in the next episode of the microgreens podcast thank you for listening to the microgreens podcast Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. It really helps out the podcast. As always, stop by HomeMakerGreens.com and say hello. Now before the next show, plant your next tray of micros. Let's keep growing.